Hello there and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that Christ would be glorified, you as our listeners would be edified. For more information about us, we ask that you please go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lowercase. There is no S on the end. There you can find a lot more information about us. We have a statement of faith, ways of connecting with us through our social media accounts, and we ask that you would please follow us on our social media accounts on your favorite format, that you would hit that like button and follow us on your favorite podcasting app. Tell others about us, your friends and family, people at church, whatever, that you might think would be really beneficial to listening to us. We're a very simple prog- uh, production here. I understand that. But we just simply want to get out the message of Christ and His glory to everyone who will listen of all ages, all levels of education. To be honest, most of our listeners are in third world countries where English is not their first language. I know we really need to be speaking to those. If you're a prayer warrior, please go to our webpage as well. There is a page there just for uh, people who have asked for prayers. If you have a prayer request, you may submit it through our webpage. Uh, there is a contact us page there. There's Our email address is posted there. We have a post office box if you want to write us. We can we certainly, uh, some people like to do the mail the old-fashioned way. We we understand that. There's also, if you're needing a Bible and want to buy one, we, you can, there's a link on the bottom of our page there. You can do that as well. There's all kinds of gifts. We've kind of picked out, there's some affiliates that have kind of found us. We kind of found them type thing uh, that I'm not real familiar with yet. But it's all about focusing on young girls and teaching them they have value and worth, too. And so I would encourage you to check that out as well. If you're a parent trying to find with a daughter, trying to figure out how to talk to her about God. Uh, there's all kinds of resources on our web page. Uh, we do not make uh, money by posting those affiliates, uh, but we do make a small commission if you would buy through our webpage. And so that is another way of helping us financially. I know that in these times, uh, inflation is worldwide. It's a real struggle. And so uh, we feel it in our budget here, trying to pay the bills and groceries and, and gasoline to get to work. We certainly understand that. But we also need your prayers to keep this podcast going, uh, that we can bring sound truthful, doctrinal, Bible-type uh, podcasts for everybody to learn and grow. But the Holy Spirit would guide us and direct us. We also uh, certainly hope that you would consider financially supporting us. And I I know several family members who actually listen to the podcast say, so you never ask for any way of financial support. Well, I'm trying really hard not to make this uh, a broken record that we need money, but we truly certainly could use some financial help uh, as well. And so today is going to be part two uh, of our uh, evidence uh, of of Jesus, the historical evidences uh, that we're going through here. 
Uh, we're going to look at non-biblical writers about the historical Jesus today. You know, we talked in our previous podcast a little bit uh, about uh, the historical view of looking at uh, the New Testament or the entire Bible, for that go- matter goes. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're kind of going to open that up just a little bit more. There's a man by the name of uh Michael Green. He has a book called Runaway World, and it's kind of an interesting book. Um, I don't know that I highly recommend it, but it is interesting. And he talks a little bit in his book about the observation if you could ever prove that Jesus was never alive in the history, that Christianity would collapse like a deck of cards. And I think that's correct. Uh, and he's basically saying that there's enough historical evidence to support Christianity. And we need to develop our, our idea, our mind around this, that the New Testament is a book, that it is a reliable historical book, and that we can uh, investigate on our own. There's plenty of ways of doing that. Uh, the Internet makes it a lot easier today that we can investigate these facts that Jesus was a real person in history. And so Christianity is is far more than than a philosophy. It is not merely an ethical system. Christianity is a redemptive system. Christianity is the belief in Jesus that he was a real person of history, again, that he was the Son of God, He died on a cross. Uh, He carried our sins away. Uh, He paid the price for our transgressions. He was buried. And you don't bury people who are still alive because there's a lot of people believing he faked the death. Nah, that isn't hold water. And so uh, on the third day, uh, Jesus resurrected from the dead. And the resurrection itself proves that he is God. And so... There's an investigation that we really need to do. And I think once we have more history and and biblical evidence, I think that really makes a much stronger foundation for our belief in in Jesus in the Bible. Again, without this real person in history, apart from uh, Jesus, there would be no redemption for the human race in its failing plight. So, if you have a Bible, I, I please, we're going we're gonna to read a few verses here shortly. Uh, make sure you have it along. Uh, there's five witnesses that really can give us proof uh, in themselves that there was a real Nazarene man named Jesus. Uh, the early pagan uh, Gentile writers uh, around 52 AD, this man, we've talked about him before in a previous uh, podcast. Uh, I'm going to spell his name because I really probably won't pronounce it correctly. It's T-H-A-L-L-U-S, Theolus. And so he takes it for granted about the existence of Jesus when he mentions that the darkness which occurred at at the Lord's crucifixion. There was a common knowledge here in in the city of Rome about the circumstances accompanying the death of a Nazarene named Jesus. 
William Durant, uh, says that in the middle of the first century, a pagan named Theodos and his fragmented preserved his codice, uh, the scroll that's been saved, uh, says that he never denied that Jesus existed. He took the historical existence of Christ for granted. Okay, so this they're talking about uh, when the Bible says, you know, there was three hours of darkness. Well, no eclipse lasts that long. In uh, the British Museum, they have preserved this text for uh, some time after 73 AD is when this was written. And it was sent by a Syrian by the name of Marabar to his son. In prison at the time of this writing, the father pleased for his son to be wise by illustrating the folly of persecuting such wise men. And he names a whole bunch of people and he includes the name of Christ. And so he refers again to Jesus. We need to know there are other people out there in the days and time that Jesus was around, and even after his death, shortly after, people wrote about him. Uh, there's a man by the name of Tacticus, uh, T-A-C-I-T-U-S. Uh, and again, here he is. He's a historian of Rome. He was born in 52 A.D., uh, and about the age of 60, uh, while writing about the reign of Nero, he talks about how the Christians were really made scapegoats for the great fire of 64 A.D. of Rome. It's been rumored that Nero himself started the fire in order to gain glory to reveal the city. And so uh, he talks again about Christianity in his day and time, in the persecution that was going on. And you have to ask yourself, why would people be willing to be persecuted if there was not uh, some facts around it that they were very aware of, witnessed themselves, uh, heard it for themselves, that Jesus really was who he said he was? And here's a, another writer. Um, you have to forgive me. I trying to pronounce these names. Uh, his name is spelled P-L-I-N-Y. Apollononi the Younger. And he's, got, he's a governor, and he often wrote to the emperor asking for his advice on how to deal with a sect called Christians, which according to him were troublesome in his providence. And this is around 112 A.D., and so it reveals some information that he extracted uh, for some Christians, uh, apparently by torture. And here's a quote. It says, They were in the habit of meeting on a certain fixed day before it was light. And then they sang an anthem to Christ as God and bound themselves by a solemn oath not to commit any wicked deed. After which was their custom to separate and then meet again to partake of food, but food of an extraordinary innocent kind. Uh, the innocence, again, of this matter seemed to perplex his governor sufficiently enough that he would write to the emperor and ask for his advice on what he should do, how he should handle it. So yet, here's another testimony from an imperial 
appointee in the network of the Empire of Rome, that there was a historical Jesus. Another one here is, um, I'll have to spell it, S-U-E-T-O-N-I-U-S. And this guy was a, a court official of the Imperial House, and he writes about 120 A.D., and his uh, writings called The Life of Claudius, uh, from which was, uh, here's a famous quote here. As the Jews were making a consistent disturbance at this insurrection called Christ, he expelled them from Rome. Okay, And so, uh, so many Jews, again, have become Christians in Rome. Uh, I mean, all the apostles were Jewish. Paul, John, Peter, they all were, were Jewish and had converted to Christianity. Again, so this evidence, uh, again, shows us of a historical writing about Christianity and what they were doing, what they, how they lived in their torture. Again, it has to be a Jesus of Nazareth, and he has to be an outstanding figure, of what happened in his life, his teachings, his death, his burial and resurrection, for these people to honestly keep continuing. Again, so here were some witnesses, again, from uh, pagan sources that tell us that Jesus really, really was there. It's a historical, undeniable fact that pagan writers recorded things about Christianity and about Jesus himself. So here's a Jewish source. Uh, a man by the name of Talmud, around 70 A.D. or so. And this guy has many references to Christ. And all these references are hostile uh, to the cause of Christ, but they do help uh, establish the existence of Jesus. And according to these writings, Jesus' Nazareth was a transgressor in Israel who practiced ma uh, magic, uh, Scorn in the words of the wise, and he led people astray. And he said he had not come to destroy it, but to add it. Well, that sounds very familiar. Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon of the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. Here is Jesus saying, Do not think I have come to destroy, but I have come to fulfill. Okay, so there you go. There's a, there's a quote. This guy has apparently either heard it directly, listened to the Sermon on the Mount, or he heard it from other people of the day and time. And I don't know about you. If I hear a rumor at work, I don't believe the first time it goes around. And but I start hearing it three or four times. I'm asking myself, um, is this just the same repeat, or is there really something here that I really uh, people are really trying to tell me? I really don't like rumors. And if these guys are historical uh, guys of intelligence, they're going to go check the facts. They're not going to want to just record a rumor. And then we have Josephus. Uh, you've heard me refer to him quite a bit over the years. Uh, sometime shortly after 70 AT, uh, AD, excuse me, the most important references to Jesus is from a Jewish source. Again, this guy was a... A, a general, and uh, at one point he was in the military, and he turned to a historian, and his writings tell us who Jesus was, what he did, 
and he gives his own evaluation as a historian. He writes many of the uh, outstanding persons were uh, we read about in the New Testament. Pilate, uh, Caesar, Herod, Pharisees, Sadducees, Felix, Festus, and so on. And he also writes about Jesus' brother James and the death of John the Baptist, which I think is kind of interesting. It gives more credibility uh, to the story we have in the Bible. Now, here is probably the most significant reference to Jesus made by Josephus. And there arose about this time Jesus, a wise man, if indeed we should call him a man. For he was a doer of marvelous deeds, a teacher of men who received the truth with pleasure. He won over many Jews and also many Greeks. This man was the Messiah. And when Pilate had condemned him to the cross at the instigation of his own leaders, those who had loved him from the first did not cease. For he appeared to them on the third day alive again, as holy prophets had predicted and said many other wonderful things about him. And now even the race of Christians, so named after him, has not yet died out. So first of all, he spoke of Jesus as the Christ, or the so-called Christ. He tells us about the rest and the trial of Jesus and speaks of him as his brothers and James. He speaks of Jesus as a doer of wonderful deeds, a man, he says, if indeed he can be called a man. Josephus goes on to say this man was the founder of a tribe called Christians. And so Josephus actually speaks twice of Jesus Christ. So, again, we have two Jewish references. We we have, there's at least five pagan references. And F.F. Bruce made this observation as he shuts down one of his books. Having gone over pagan and Jewish sources, okay, this is a quote from F.F. Bruce. Whatever else may be taught of the evidence from early Jewish and Gentile writers, it does at least, for those who refused the witness of Christian writings, establish the character of Jesus himself. And he observes, some writers may toy in fancy of the Christ myth, but they do not do so on the ground of historical evidence. So, as far as these people were concerned, Jesus was real part of history. He actually was walking around. We had the New Testament writers. Uh, the New Testament should be and is totally adequate to prove Jesus was real person in history. For whatever reasons may be given for receiving the testimony uh, of Josephus or Tacticus or any other writer, uh, as historical, reliable, uh, should be applied to the New Testament writers as well. All the New Testament writers were contemporaries of Jesus. They were eyewitnesses. Uh, three of them personally accompanied Jesus completely through his ministry, and all their writings are remarkable and 
They're, they're in agreement. They do not conflict each other. And they continue to stand as a test of, uh, of historical fact. And so I know some people are going to email and say, well, the Bible's the inspired word of God. Absolutely. Uh, the, the three apostles, John, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, Luke was not an apostle, but these, these three writers, uh, the apostle Paul, uh, Peter, John, Matthew, I don't know how many of you can remember what happened three years ago exactly. Uh, probably not many of us, especially the older we get. We can't forget what even happened yesterday sometimes. So by the by the Holy Spirit, they were able to document and write down events that occurred, historical events, and wrote them down so that you and I would have the evidence wrote down. So all together, all these sources, uh, whether they're pagan, Jewish, New Testament, they all conclude that there was a real Jesus in Christianity. And that is where we need to understand. I, I certainly hope that this has been uh, interesting for you to help you learn and grow. Um, I went through some things very fast. I apologize that I can't pronounce those names correctly. I've heard them all pronounced different ways over the last 20 years. And so that's why I spell it out. If you really want, you could replay this podcast and write those names down and go to your favorite search engine and search them out and read what they have to say about Jesus. All this information is freely available currently uh, on the Internet, all their writings and things. And so... Uh, I would encourage you to do that. But I also strongly would say, don't forget the historical New Testament that we need to be reading each and every day. And so next week, we're going to talk about the historical reliability of the New Testament. That's going to be next week. So uh, please, please hit that like button. Make sure you follow us and tell your friends and family about us. Uh, Follow us on your favorite social media account. And so contact us through our webpage if you have prayer requests. Uh, go through our webpage and check it out. There's a lot of little things on there that uh, we have done. We uh, get comments on that as well from time to time. Again, thank you for listening. Uh, may God bless you and may He have the glory.